You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And this episode is brought to you by the great folks over at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go on over to rockauto.com. I've got my main man, Alex Sawyer, in the building today because NC State's baseball team, to say that they've been hot as fish grease may be an understatement. Uh, to say that they've been hotter than the, the hottest day in July and you try not to be outside wearing a leather jacket that you got on discount because it's during the middle of the summer, to say that they're that hot may be an overstatement, but we're going to be somewhere in the middle of the day. But anywho, I've always told y'all baseball is not my strength. I've admitted that. And with that being said, I've got my main man, Alex Sawyer, on to help me out today. How you doing, Alex? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's always great uh, to to have a, a great friend and a, a great reporter like yourself on the show. So Yeah, I appreciate it. So when we, when we look at this situation of how there's basically been a complete 180 done by this team from a one and nine start to, I don't, have they lost a series since then? Yeah, they have. They lost a series to Clemson. They dropped um, two of three. And then they also lost on the road against Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's the ACC champion this year. They're really good. So they have lost two series, but they've also, since that point, they have three sweeps over ranked opponents. Right. I think right. they're 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 twenty three and five in their last twenty eight games. Twenty three and five in the last twenty eight. So, Alec, tell me about how this has happened because I remember last time we talked about how the momentum was rolling. We were talking about the the starters were pitching phenomenally. However, the bullpen still needed to step up because we w- could not expect our starters to be pitching seven eight yeah. every night. Yeah, it, it it's kind of everything's gone right at this point like from from a pitching perspective the starting the three starters sam highfield reed johnson matt willitson uh against carolina were incredible they've had a couple good series they've continued to pitch really well i mean reed johnson thursday night against florida state here through one of the better games of his career the bullpen has started to develop i think last time we talked evan justice was pitching well but no one else was they kind of have more guys out there now. After you get past those starting three, you have Evan Justice, who is one of the best shutdown closers in the ACC. Andrew Tillery's pitched a couple really good at bullpen appearances, so he's another guy that's emerged. Dalton Feeney continues to look like he's getting better and more comfortable. Uh, Chris Villeman, who's been such a good midweek starter for NC State, has now thrown a couple times on the weekend in relief and been good. So the bullpen's started to kind of develop. You're getting more arms healthy, and you're getting guys starting to pitch more confident behind three starters that have continued to pitch really well. That side's been better, a lot better. The pitching side's been pretty good. NC State, though, is riding just one of, I mean, honestly, a top five offense in the entire country that just gets hit after hit after hit and puts up crazy numbers. You know, we have to talk about that at a certain level because if we're looking at this walk-off against Florida State, right, Everybody saw the viral clip. Everybody saw that. It looked great, looked great, all that good stuff. But, man, when you put that in context of, number one, how good Florida State is, number two, 
the fact that I mean when you when you really break down how Tresh has been hitting all season, he's been for the most part going pretty well. And so to say you've got Tresh at the plate to potentially win a game and he walk off homers that thing, that's that's got to be a, a four hundred thirty four foot shot to <laughs> left. I mean, what wow. What a time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's against like you said, Florida State's really good. More than Florida State being really good is that that is a one of the best pitching staffs in the country, and maybe the best bullpen, like in definitely the best bullpen in the ACC, arguably one of the best bullpens in the entire country. Obviously, NC State gets the best of them. Luca Tresh, like you said, he he started the season out on fire, was hitting home runs even when State was struggling. He's actually a guy that kind of has slowed down a little bit. Slowed down is maybe a harsh term because he's still hitting really well but kind of cooled off a little bit, but he has two home runs in the, you know, the most important game of the season to date, Thursday night against Florida state. Cause this series is very important as you move into like the ACC tournament, two home runs there. He had a good weekend last weekend against Pitt and it's Luca Tresh, obviously with the walk-off home run, but there are just so many guys on this team right now that are just absolutely on fire at the plate. And, and that's that, I agree with what you said there in that Luca has slowed down compared to what he was doing in the beginning of the season. But in the beginning of the season, he was on record-breaking pace. Yeah, like, exactly. It, and he's – Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying he's a guy that, like, his, his draft stock has been climbing and climbing. I mean, he entered the season as the guy that people were like, eh, he might be a second, third-round pick. I know, you know, he's probably not going to go in the first round, but he's going to be a guy that gets his name called on day two of that draft, and he, he's – He's conti- consistently hit the ball really well. He and he has just an insane amount of power. And you saw that Thursday night. He had two big home runs. Please, Detroit Tigers, if you have any sense, if you have any decency left in you, please. Luca's your guy on day two. Please. But anywho, um, on on a very serious note here, this team rallying the way that they have. What does that say about Coach Elliot Avent that, I mean, for the most part, he's been here for forever and a day, right? Yeah. We've seen pretty much every good years, bad years, years where we've outplayed expectations, years where we haven't lived up to expectations. We've seen it all. What does this team say about Elliot Avent and about the, the, the players that may not be talked about right now? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it says a lot about, you know, <laughs> you can throw around buzzwords, resilience, and that ability to bounce it back, but it is true, and to Avent's credit, and obviously this is, you know, a coach being a coach, but I do truly believe he thought this. When they were struggling, he was not, you know, concerned post-game. It wasn't a thing of dread. It was a, this offense started the season poorly, but he knew how good they were, and he continued to say that they just weren't getting the breaks. They weren't getting the timely hits that they needed they are now and the pitching staff has come along it's gotten healthier I know that was a big issue early in the season too was the health of the pitching staff he clearly believed in this team from day one I mean talking to him you could tell that that was absolutely a team he believed in he he said from the beginning that this lineup one through nine is as dangerous as you can imagine and they're hitting that way now I I kind of have said you know in some other things that NC State is playing like the NC State team we expected to see. This this was a team that was top 15 preseason, a, a team that, you know, even from the outside was a projected, eh, this team could make a run to Omaha. Now they're playing like that. So 
he clearly believed in this group. He hasn't changed the lineup up very much, which I think also says a lot. It's kind of been the same guys from that first weekend and those first three series where they started one and eight in ACC play. Didn't change the lineup up, let those guys keep hitting. And now, you know, it's paying off. They're all hitting really well. And, you know, from the player standpoint, it's, it's that same thing. It's there was never a sense that this team lost belief in itself. And rightfully so, because the talent is very, very obvious. You know, there's there's truly something to say about staying the course and knowing, hey, my God, we're all right. We're fine. We're going through a tough stretch right now. But when you look at that tough stretch, it was top 10 team after top 10 team after top 15 team. And it was like, oh, OK, well, looking back, I'm 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 glad that a lot of NC State baseball fans did not lose their heads and jump ship immediately because this was clearly a team. The brunt of the work in the schedule was up front. Now, granted, you're playing in the ACC, one of the best conferences in the nation as far as baseball goes, arguably the best, depending on who you talk to. You know, SEC's got some good things rolling down there. But you can make an argument for the SEC. I think that's fair. Yeah, and you can. And it's it's a deep conference, and it's it, it's fun to look at the standings this year because there's the teams they played early, Georgia Tech, Miami, and Louisville, who you knew were going to be good. Those teams are very good. And they right. still are good. This year's ACC is a little bit interesting, too, because you have some other, you know, teams that aren't normally the powerhouses playing well. I mentioned Notre Dame earlier. Notre Dame ran away with the regular season title. They are yes. an incredible team. They're going to host a regional, maybe be in position to host a super regional. You also have a, a um, Georgia, Tech, sorry, Georgia Tech team that was good, a Pitt team that you went to last weekend that is in regional host conversations. So, it's not just that, and now Florida State, obviously, a top 10 team as well. So it's a very deep conference. Obviously, the SEC is really, really good. And that top of the SEC, they have probably the five or six best teams in the country. The ACC, though, just week after week, there really aren't many, like, weeks off, if you want to call it that, where you have that you can just go beat. Exactly. And that's what I was getting at there as far as you can make an argument for the ACC being the best conference because of the depth reasons. And with that being said, to do what this team has done through, yes, the brunt of the, the pressure was in the front, but there's not like, oh, yeah, this week we're playing a team that if you dropped them off in another conference, they'd maybe get three series wins all season. Yeah. We did it, boys. The haze in the bar. Like, that's not the case at all here. So to see this team be as resilient as they have been, it, it's just been it's been a great time to see. What hasn't been such a great time is some of the uh, the recent the recent rumors coming out of the transfer portal, and we'll talk about those in just a second. But before we do, I need to talk to you all about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is the place to go for all of your auto needs. RockAuto.com is a place that is just, it's amazing for so many reasons. If you look at the traditional chain storefront situation, you're going to go in and somebody behind the counter is going to ask you what parts you're looking for and what vehicle. They're going to tap on their device and look for parts that their warehouse happens to carry or that their uh, company happens to carry. And with that being said, you're going to end up in a situation where you have a limited selection and a price that is fixed based on whether or not the market will bear out a higher price for whatever parts you're looking for. Why go through that when you can go to rockauto.com? 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving customers for over 20 years. This is the place you need to be. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Now, I alluded to this earlier, but there the, the transfer portal giveth, and it almost seemed to taketh away in this Manny Bates situation. Yeah. There's been a lot of reporting all over the place about this thing. What are you personally thinking about this situation at this point, Alec? Yeah, it, it's a weird one because, you know, there's been reporting, there's been rumors that Manny Bates was, was going to transfer. And then you had, they kind of, the basketball team had team meetings the other day, I think like workouts of some sort. And I know Manny Bates was there. Craig Hamill, the men's basketball SID did tweet out that Manny Bates was there. And I think um, I saw on Twitter, someone had said Terquavion Smith was posting on his Instagram story and Manny Bates was there. So it's one of those situations where I think it might be kind of up in the air right now. I honestly have no clue. Is he gone? Is he coming back? Is it a situation where he wanted to transfer and they're trying to to work on talking him into saying, I have no idea. It's definitely been an interesting one. I will say if Manny Bates is a guy you lose, that is just a, a, a massive, massive blow to that team because that's one of your, your cornerstones, your building blocks, your your reasons to be excited for that program is him and how good he's developed and how much he has to go. So if it is the case that he he's going, that's a huge loss. But I think right now it, it it's kind of up in the air. No one's really sure what the full situation there is. You know, you're absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, everybody who's who's done work on this, and this is one of those stories where you get fans like, oh, see, I told you the media doesn't know what they're talking about. As somebody who who has done the work on this one, who's called around, who's, you know, had their ear to the streets, hey, what's going on? What's, what are we hearing? I can tell you the, the, the word was, yeah, he's as good as gone. That's what the original that's the what the original thing was. Yeah, he's good as gone. And the next thing was Georgetown is the place. That was what was relayed to me by some very reliable sources, right? And even if you say, oh, well, Ken in this podcast, you know, he, he's got a full-time job doing other things. How much can he really know? How many sources can he really have? Joe Giglio of WRAL of 99.9 The Fan also said the same thing. Like, this, I, I promise you, we are not just talking just to talk, just to get people in a tizzy. That was the word. Now, what the word seems to be coming out now is because people were so up in arms about um, the alleged transferring and the alleged poaching of players, because this would be the second time that an NC State big has gone into the NBA draft process and then come out in love with Georgetown, which is suspect to say the least. Because as I've talked about on this show before, it, it when a player transfers, it has to make somewhat sense, right? These are 18 to 22-year-olds, but they're not ridiculous, unreasonable human beings. The first reason people always transfer, more playing time, more opportunities to shoot, more opportunities to, to display their abilities. That's always the first reason. You look at that with Manny Bates, that would not fit. That would not fit. He's gotten every minute that health and foul trouble allow. Would you agree? Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's played and he's developed very well at NC State. I, yeah. 
And the next thing, you say, okay, well, if they're not going for a bigger opportunity as far as uh, the ability to do certain things on the court and just the ability to be on court, the next thing is I'm transferring to a place that's going to get me more exposure. NC State to Georgetown? That doesn't that doesn't ring. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I believe, technically speaking, the Big East is still a power five in basketball. I, I'm I'm fairly certain they're not a mid-major. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. With basketball, I think they tend to use the term power six to include the Big East. Because, I mean, the Big East is better than – well, I was going to say the Pac-12. Pac-12 showed in the NCAA tournament this year that they're pretty good. But the Big East is at, you know, the same level as the power five. It's more right. of a power basketball. Right. So, so if you're if you're thinking transferring for um, transferring for exposure, to me the only options are true blue bloods. The only option is Kansas, is Kentucky, is something like that. Because anywhere else, you're not going to get more nationally televised games. You're not going to get more regionally televised games. You're not going to get more games on ESPN for the most part. Like you're that's a very lateral move, which again does not make sense. And then the next thing is. Oh, I want to go to a winner. Georgetown has had a worse winning percentage than us over the last four years. Yeah, uh, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with Manny Bates and who knows the situation. I do know Manny Bates in high school. Georgetown was one of his final, you know, suitors that he was picking between. Also, you know, to go play for Patrick Ewing, I guess, if you're a big man can be tempting, but like. Like you said, it's 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 not more exposure. It's not more minutes. It's not even necessarily competing harder. So all of those things are right. It's it it's an interesting move if that is the move. Obviously, you know we'll see on that one because I'm sure that's a it's a situation. I think even inside the program there is one that they're not so sure about right now. Yeah, the the situation is appearing to be very volatile. But what I the latest word I've been given is Georgetown is aware of the optics of it and of how seriously the the tampering allegations would be taken if people were to come out looking at them talking about, now, wait a minute, the math ain't math. Somebody not doing the math right. How we go from, oh, I want to go to the NBA to actually, no, I want to go to Georgetown. It doesn't make sense. When Shaq Moore transferred, he was in an already crowded backcourt with that was bringing in multiple guys that are like out of this world. That that's bringing in a Terquavian Smith. That everybody who's seen the boy player said, "There's no way that there's 140 players in the country better." Bringing in a Breon Pass that may have the highest ceiling of of their incoming recruiting class because everybody said that that man can pull from anywhere and he is a good, borderline very good playmaker who's only getting better and growing as he makes basketball more and more his only focus. So it made sense. Also, if you'd heard about their situation before, him and Coach Keats didn't always see eye to eye. That's not the case with Manny at all. So it's it's just a it's a very perplexing situation. And again, I am wholeheartedly for players going and doing what's best for them. I don't even think that there should be serious adjustments made to the transfer portal only because this this year was an anomaly. Players are getting extra eligibility. 
So a lot of things are in flux and, and different. But this is one of those problems that will work itself out when people, when these young men and women start realizing, well, if I am leaving this place and I believe there are greener pastures for me, let me look at another player who's in a similar situation. Where did they end up? They, oh, they thought that they were going to transfer over to another Power Five and ended up at Southeastern Delta Valley uh, State a state college of Mississippi school for the deaf and blind. Like that's just, that's what that is. So this, this situation with Manny, I'm, I'm hoping he stays, but that's, that's that. Also, um, I, I told folks to not get so worked up about the Devin Daniels. I can feel it. Comeback season tweet. Can you please tell these people that was probably referring to injury? Because again, for whatever reason, some people just seem to get so worked up about every little tweet, every little talk. And that, the man's not coming back, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah no, he, he that, that is definitely just a injury-related tweet. And you know what? For him, like, go do your thing. He, he gave a lot to NC State. But, yeah, don't read that much into that one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Don't waste your time. Don't, don't do it to yourself. You're setting yourself up for heartbreak, and there's no reason for that, Wolfpack Nation. Hopefully, our sports team leave us – with so little amount of heartbreak that we don't we don't have to give ourselves anymore. And and with that being said, one place that definitely won't break your heart is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs at betonline.ag. Make sure to head over to the website and check out Sporting News and get your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is trying to give you free money here, okay? They had NC State with the eighth best odds to win the ACC as far as football. I am telling you, they are giving you free money, okay? So head on over there and go to, go to the website and uh, sign up today. Use promo code Locked On when you get there so they know we sent you. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I'm about to land this thing, and it's been great having you on, Alec. But but you know, we got one more thing that we got to talk about before I let you up out of here. Now. There were 11, I believe, 11. Let me make sure I got this number correct here. Um, there were 11 players placed on the Athlon All AC preseason All ACC team uh, from NC State. Yeah, is that number too high? Is that number too low? What are you thinking as far as that goes? All right, that seems about right. Also, it they tweeted out the graphic NC State didn't. Like, Ricky Person was fourth team. So, a lot of players on those lists. But, obviously, well-deserved for NC State. You know, Isaiah Moore, Peyton Wilson, Iki Aquanu, Thayer Thomas, Bam Knight, all first team. Um, yeah, I mean, I we've, we've, we've talked about NC State football a little bit one of the other times I've been on, I'm super high on this team. The talent is all over the place. So, you know, I would expect them to be one of the teams with the most representation there and definitely guys that have earned the, those, you know, recognition. Cause like Peyton Wilson, Iki Aquanu, Bam Knight, like those are no brain first team preseason, all ACC players in my book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing that I want to talk about here, just before we close out, there were a few mock drafts for 2022. Uh, they 
folks release their first rounds, right? And one mock draft had uh, Big Ick going at number seven to the Eagles. And another had Peyton Wilson going to the Packers at 29. Now, with what we know about mock drafts, we know they're not to be, they are not Bible. That is not how that works. Before the season last year, people didn't even know if it was going to be Mac Jones or Bryce Young starting for Alabama. And somehow, Mac Jones became the number 15 overall pick. So we get it. We we get how that works. The people were telling us before the draft that he was number three, which anybody with more than two brain cells rubbing together and uh, repeatedly screaming holla back girl by Gwen Stefani at each other, uh, we all knew that that was not going to be the case. But when you look at Ick and Pate, do you think that NC State will have two one or no first rounders next year? Uh, I think they definitely won't have none. I think Ike Aquanu is, is a pretty safe bet, barring, you know, big injury or huge setbacks, because he's just, he is unbelievable. And he, offensive linemen, obviously, are always so valuable. So I see him going in the first round. Peyton Wilson's an interesting one, because I, I can see the first round potential there. I can see teams wanting that. Um you know, that one's more tough. We're, we're far away. If Peyton Wilson goes and has another season like he did last year, I think first round is definitely something he he will he, he could get up to. At the very worst, Peyton Wilson's, you know, a, a day two pick. You know, there the thing that I find so interesting about these two, big Ick, I don't know how anybody's predicting him outside the first round. Yeah, um, I think he's I think Ike Aquanu is a guy that you're gonna see in the top 15, even maybe in the top 10, because he's I, just I a, thousand a percent, monster. I a thousand percent agree with you, because everybody who watched uh, Garrisaw from Virginia Tech play last year, everybody agreed he's a first-rounder. Yeah, it's, that, that seems about right. Nobody was like, oh, wow, what a waste for the Vikings. It's awful. Just an awful pick. Nobody said that. And yet, when ACC coaches were polled about who the best offensive lineman in the league was, a decent amount, nearly half, went with Ick, who was coming back for another year. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand how this works. You don't get, like, players don't get slower, weaker, less intimidating, less technically sound as the years go by. That's not how that works. Now, there are certain players like a Jadavian Clowney who knows from the second he walks on campus, in three years, I'm going to be a number one pick. I'm going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I really don't need to try hard here. Ick is not one of those people. He's not. He was a three-star coming out. Everybody wanted his brother. His brother was the guy that everybody was like, hey, that's the guy we need. And now look at what he's worked his way into. Being one of the most feared offensive linemen coming out of ACC in the last decade. And that is not hyperbole. There are very few players who, when you talk to coaches in the ACC, the word nasty, the word mauler comes up as much. That That's just the, the facts of the matter there. So with him, like you said, barring a severe injury, there's, there's no doubt in my mind there. Peyton, I think the only question is health. That's the only yeah. question. Peyton Wilson... From the first time I saw the man play at Orange to every game since, I have never had a doubt in my mind about, well, what is he? 
what what is Peyton? How good is he? I've never had a doubt about it. I've looked at him and thought he can play multiple positions at a first round level. But the question is, how well can he stay on the field? That's the whole question there. Last year, there were a few injuries. Last year, there were a few situations where he was not available due to injury. But with that being said, if he can prove, hey, I can stay healthy, I can do this at a high level, there's the physical tools are there. There is nothing that you can ask of any of the four linebacker positions. And by four, I mean including edge rusher that you can ask him to do that you're like, oh, he's a liability if he's put in that role. If you put him in coverage, he can do that well. If you expect him to read and come downhill and make plays in the run, he can do that well. If you expect him to go off the edge, he can do that well. If you expect him to take on blockers and fill holes in a traditional 3-4 where you got uh, two bigger guys who are just taking over, he can do that well. So, I mean, with him, it's all about health, but you're right. I think the floor for Icky is the back of the first round. I think the floor for Peyton is maybe, maybe top of the third, maybe. And granted, that's that's including a, a possibility where Peyton Wilson proves to not be very durable during this season. That's that's yeah. the floor for both of them. Icky, I don't care what happens. If he can walk next year, they're, he's going to be drafted <laughs> in the first round. He's yeah. going to be gone. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so very much for coming on today, Alec. Tell the folks where they can yeah. find your work. Yeah, it's uh, packpride.com. Just add Alex Sawyer on Twitter, at packpride on Twitter. Again, I no hyperbole. Everything I know about covering baseball from this guy. So <laughs> that's just, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit I learned from my peers and he's very knowledgeable about the game. So make sure that y'all follow him. Thank you all so very much for coming out, liking, subscribing, sharing. My numbers have been through the roof lately, and I just appreciate it. I am so grateful for Wolfpack Nation, and I'm sure that y'all also are are, are definitely going to be pumping this one out because anytime Alec is here, that's another time that my numbers are pretty good. Uh, So thank you all so very much. Keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Peace and love, y'all. As always, go Pack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.